Welcome back to the Winning Athlete Formula podcast series presented to you by Golf Central. Uh, Mark Rigg here again with Luke Latet. How are you, Luke? Yeah, fantastic. Thank you. Excellent, mate. Excellent. Um, so we've touched on on the first three mini topics, if you like, of, of the Winning Athlete Formula, and today's topic is self management, which which personally I find very interesting. Um, just want to tell us a little bit, give us a really brief overview of, of what this self management is. Self management is, and and I, I hope that everybody can appreciate self management. It's going to cover so much that we probably can't put into this single podcast. Uh, otherwise, we'll be here all day, mm. um, and we'll be chewing your ear off, and you'll probably fall asleep. <laughs> so, um, self management covers things like emotional states. Covers things like fighting against the the biggest issue we all have as humans, and that's time. Um, schedules and support systems, and and all the things that fall under that umbrella. Uh, one one other thing is um, teams. Yeah, if you're a single athlete, and I, I think I said this uh, in, in a previous podcast, if you're a single athlete, you're still a part of a team. Mm. You've got to know who's in that team, uh, and then how to utilize them. Not use them, utilize them. Uh, and, and so there's all these sorts of things that fall under this massive umbrella and it's so ambiguous, I can appreciate that, how, how vague it all is, but understanding what it is that you need to manage and, and how to manage. So many athletes, for an example, one of the biggest things for me is, is uh, scheduling. If you turn up late to training, and this is another standard I have, if you're not early, you're late. Yeah. So if you turn up late to training, you, you've got scheduling issues. Mm-hmm. 100%. How can you get the most out of those scheduling issues? It's some athletes are working and playing at the same time. So there's a lot to it. Uh, and, and it's about getting the best out of both worlds, if that makes sense to you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so, and the other, the other one that's really huge is emotional states, which I'm sure we'll touch on in a minute. But emotional states from a self management point of view is imperative. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So you touched a little bit on the benefits of self-managing and, and like you say, it is a very, very broad subject and we all self-manage in, in a way. It's, it's whether you're managing yourself well or, or not as well, uh, I guess, is, is the point of this. What if you're not managing yourself well? What's the downfall and how can you pick yourself up and, and change that? Well, that's a really good question because so many athletes... And if you're listening to this, you're probably thinking, well, what happens if I am not managing myself well? How do I know? What are the cues? How do I recognize? And one of the biggest things is your performance. Your performance is, again, it, it doesn't, it's not consistent and it doesn't allow growth. And you'll probably find yourself having massive spikes and even lower lows. And when that happens, it can be really difficult to bounce back because you start to look at your game mm. not not everything that surrounds your your game so um, and and again inside that every every topic here we're talking about you know from standards to mind blocks to habit blocks to all the things that with you know your mind movies what's happening inside that is going to fall under self-management as well yeah so uh, yeah so so it's really really important to understand that if you're having if you're having inconsistent performances, what is it that you can control? Uh, this was a big thing for me when I was growing up. I had I had so much going on. 
outside of the game. It was out of control. I had, uh, I was getting chased by gangs. I was getting beaten up and, you know, and, and I was doing whatever I could to survive. There was drugs everywhere. Not that I was doing them, but there was drugs everywhere. And it was bad stuff happening everywhere. And a lot of it was happening to me. Yeah. You know, I didn't have a great deal of support from, from a family perspective. And one of my best, one of the best examples I can give of self-management was when I went to America to play, I was 18. It was two days into being 18. And I had, I was so used to having my best friend with me. And that was my cousin, Scott. And he would always be there. We would train together. We would hang out nearly every day. You know, he, he was a bike ride away from my house and we used to catch up all the time. And so when I went to the States, I had to do that on my own. And I wasn't prepared for that. Mm. So I had to learn how to self-manage the things that were happening outside the game just to be on the park in a good way. Mm. And I felt, lucky for me, I, I was there nearly a month before our first game. And so I had time to settle in. I had time to recognize new habits that I needed to create for myself, recognize my surroundings, recognize the emotional states that I was going through because I was starting to get homesick. Uh, and all the stuff that was happening around that was no different to what was happening at home mm. in, in terms of pressure. However, it was different. And so I was in a new environment that wasn't necessarily more supportive uh, and I had to, I had to find that. Now, what, what, why I brought up my my cousin Scott was that he was always there, so I was never not, I was never doing anything on my own before. I used to have him. He would be my, we'd be each other's sidekicks, man. We'd be there all the time. And so when we went, when I overseas, we were apart. Now I got to do this on my own, mm. and it was a massive eye opening and, and a massive like it was like being slapped in the face with a wet fish. Wake up, boy! It's time to be a man. Yeah, in yeah. a sense. So. There was so much that I had to self-manage that I wasn't used to. Yeah. Even washing my own clothes was used to. I mean, I was doing a lot of that at home anyway, uh, but I had my mum there too, and it made it a lot. And she made it a lot easier. Mm. Cooking, cleaning, all the stuff that I had to do now as an adult. Yeah. And I got rushed into it, if that makes sense. Yeah. So self-management was huge for me. Yeah. 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 And you touched on the emotional states and their power. <clears throat> I'm interested. To know, I'm sure all the listeners out there uh, will understand what an emotional state is and how that that can affect your performance. But I guess when you're in not a great headspace and a not a great emotional space, is that always a bad thing? Can it have good ramifications as well? It, it can if you let it. Hmm. Uh, if you're in a bad negative headspace, the number one question here that I I, I love for for athletes to ask is, for what purpose? For what purpose am I feeling the way I am? Mm. And you'll come up with an answer. It's probably very superficial. That's okay. Ask it again. And just ask probably three or four times for what purpose. And each time, just go with your first initial instinct and your first initial answer and just play it out. Mm. So then you go for what purpose, for what purpose, what purpose. And all of a sudden, we're into this point where it's like, because I'm just shitty today. Mm. Or I'm just, I'm, I'm really not focused on this. Or... Actually, I'm at the game and I'm feeling down and I'm feeling uh, I'm missing energy and I'm, and I'm feeling like uh, everything's out of my control because at home, everything is falling apart mm. or I broke up with my girlfriend or, you know, I had a fight with my wife or whatever it is, there's something out of your control somewhere else. Yeah. 
And when you can grasp that, it's like, oh, really? It's okay. That's life. Yeah. Yeah? How do I switch off from that? There's so many different ways. And that's individualized for the for for that person because you need to come up with your own set of cues for that. Uh, and, and we can walk you through that with the individual coaching that we do with um, with the winning athlete formula and what's best for you that will support you. However, understanding that most times, and this is the, and I've never had an athlete not have this problem. I've never found an athlete that has not had an external problem that is highlighted in their game. So um, for an example, I, we had an athlete who was not really performing well, um, was late, very tardy with, with, with their time, uh, was having emotional states up and down, uh, but was excellent player, massive ball player. And, and you know what? She was really good at what she did and she had an opportunity to do some really great things. However, nobody wanted to pick her because of all the other stuff. And then what turns out to be is that the problem wasn't that she had a, a, a sporting issue. It had nothing to do with the sport. The sport was the, the outlet for her. Mm. It was her family life had been just, just disrupted. It, it wasn't as supportive as it could have been because a lot inside her family unit, there was lots going on. Mm. And, and everybody was dealing with their own stuff and it just was a big ball of mess, yeah? And that's what was accentuated in the game. Everybody blamed the game. Everybody was blaming her. This is your fault. This is because of you're not, you know, taking yourself seriously and all these things. But when when you get down to the nitty gritty, her uncles, her uncle, she had multiple people in her family had just passed away, you know. So her parents and her family are going through some stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's lots of grief going on, and then there's heart attacks, and then there's you know people hurting themselves all over the place, and. This little girl now had to be a woman mm. all of a sudden. And so nobody gave any space for that. She didn't get picked. So she missed out on on some, some serious stuff for her that, that could have really elevated her out of that scenario. But because nobody wanted to see that bit and because nobody was helping her do that mm-hmm. um, until after it had all happened, by then it's too late. Yeah. So recognize that there's more to it than just than just game. Yeah, yeah. And and recognise that, yes, while this is about self-management, there are teams of people out there, there are family, there are friends, there are people like you, coaches out there who are willing to help you get through all of this. Yeah. And um, and teach you how to manage yourself. Yes. Yeah. So. And I think that some coaches in general miss that point. Mm. They see the game as the game and that's all there is. But there's more to it than that. And I was very fortunate that when I got back from America... My family life was very negative, um, and I didn't get along well with my mum. Things weren't great, um, and I was not far away from playing for Australia at that stage. Um, and when I come back, I had m- myself and my mother didn't get along at all, and she kicked me out. And then here I am, um, you know, eighteen, and I'd only ever seen myself as a ball player. Where do I go? What do I do now? Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't her fault. It was it was just the way it was, you know, just things happened that way where we couldn't live together anymore. And I had a coach who took me in and he looked after me. And I lived with him and he he was actually coaching um, the state team at the time, uh, the junior team and 
and I go to his place and he's looking after me and it's great. And I learned so much in that time and I didn't play well. I had a really negative year. I got selected in the Australian team. I actually didn't think I was going to. Uh, and and then I, we go to a tournament, a lead-up tournament, and I'm there and my grandfather, who was a, 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 a father figure for me for my whole life, he died at that tournament, while I was at that tournament. And the emotions that were going through me at the time, I couldn't control. I just I lost full control. I'm, I'm living my dream. And at the same time, and, I, I don't, and let's, let's, I'll put this into perspective for you. I actually didn't think I was good enough to be in that team because I was playing with some serious ball players. These guys weren't good at what they did. They were exceptional. They were winning everything all the time. And some of those guys now have gone on to have some massive, huge international careers. And I, I'm, I had to pinch myself when I got selected. And then when my grandfather passed away, we're a month away from the World Championships, and I... I didn't know what to do. Mm. So the grieving process had to stop for me. Um, and I had a coach there that helped me with that. He helped me he helped me turn the grief off, essentially, and get me refocused on what it was and, and that, that I wanted to achieve with the Australian team. However, it just prolonged my grief, mm-hmm. um, which I learned later on. Uh, and rightly or wrongly, it just happened the way it happened. We go away to the world, we win. Yeah, so and and it's a huge. You can imagine this roller coaster of emotions are going through my body. You know, over three months, I think it was, and it was just up and down, and it was just it was a lot to deal with. And I remember standing there, and they present the gold medals to to us, and I'm standing next to one of the guys I played with, Whitey. I'm getting emotional now thinking about it. And he says to me, he knew how important it was that you know that that we win this thing. Um, for starters, but even more for me personally, you know, with my grandfather passing away, and, and he said, he's proud. You know that, right? And I was like, oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and it was tears, and it was it was a huge release, and and it was in that moment there that I, I, I recognised that you got to 